Hello and welcome to the Crypto with Cash cast episode number six. My name is Duncan Morland. I am your, well, I was going to say lovely host, but that's up to you to determine, not <laughs> me. And I'm joined by Kashaya Abassi, who runs the Crypto with Cash uh, newsletter. Uh, hello, Cash. Hi, how are you doing? You right? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing today? Yeah, all good. All good. Yeah. Okay, well, I had, a, had a little bit of a um, you know, the tube was quite busy today, so um, it's actually very cold today. So I think everyone's just choosing to take the uh, tube rather than to cycle or walk, walk yeah. to work today. Just going round and round on the tube, not leaving. Yeah, <laughs> you need you need to move to Devon like me, and then uh, there's nobody on the street, so it's fine. <laughs> um, shall we get stuck into the question? Oh, first I'll say. If you're watching this and you want us to answer any of your questions, then leave them in the comments uh, below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, um, if you're interested in joining Crypto with Cash, there'll be a link below this video. And we do appreciate any likes, subscribes, uh, throwing, I don't know. Comment, like, comment and subscribe. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, right, so questions from the community today. Um Andy asks, he said he in, he nearly invested in a project, I think it was Gala, Gala Node, mm-hmm. um, which maybe is something to do with where you can own part of a, a node. Mm-hmm. He was asking, are there any other opportunities to invest in crypto nodes? Maybe, maybe you should start just explaining what the hell a, a node is. Yeah, so essentially a node is used to validate transactions on a blockchain. Of course, different blockchains um, have different uses for specific nodes. But I think in this case in particular, um, they would be using the master node, as it is known, um, to validate a lot of the transactions that happen, but a significant amount. So you can have a normal node, um, but when you have a master node, which I think Andy was referring to, you get a larger portion of transactions, which means your computer's doing um, extra like calculations. And in, in return, you get more rewards. Um, so master nodes are oftentimes cost a lot of money to actually purchase. But if the project gains a lot of adoption and if it is um, a project that actually gets a lot of people, for example, in this one, Gala, I think is a game, if the platform becomes very popular, then you can earn significant amounts of money due to having the uh, master node. Do you do you have to sort of host software on a on like a server, a laptop to run the node? Yeah. So it, it, again, it depends on a specific project. But some, for example, you need sophisticated uh, software, uh, sophisticated hardware to run um, the calculations on your computer. Other times, it can simply just be a simple application that you can download on any computer. But I feel like um, if I'm not mistaken, for master nodes, you do need a significant sort of, uh, a quite a, a rather powerful computer to allow those transactions to be verified through your your node. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot about uh, the cryptocurrency MENA. Yeah. Um, which I know that you you like. I think you like it anyway. Um, uh, I've looked into it before. I was trying to get in on the uh, the seed round or the uh, early investment. Uh, but actually, the the platform that I was using, it's basically you sign up. Um, and then you get in, entered into like a random prize draw. Um, and, and in terms of what, what I mean by that is, for example, there's a million people that sign up. If you're one of the early people um, in the queue, then you get to invest. If by the time it gets to you, all the funds have run out and already been uh, bought up, then you don't get a chance to invest. And 
uh, for that one, I was actually unable to invest. But I do like the project. It seems very interesting, and there's a lot of big, um, big names back in that project. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I was I brought it up because uh, the the nodes, from what I understand, like the size yeah. of the Mina blockchain is very small. It's very so very small. People exactly. Can sort of run validator nodes and stuff on limited hardware like whereas with bitcoin or whatever now you need like you can't do yeah. it on an average pc can you? exactly you need maybe uh two three terabytes to run these sort of larger blockchains to actually install it because you need to install every transaction that's happened in the past before you yeah. can start validating the ones in the future and some of these um, blockchains are huge and you need a lot of storage for that uh, yeah. with me i think it's something like less than 100 kb yeah um, so maybe that's so, one for one for and to look into are there any other um... uh in, in terms of master nodes um i think there's a website um don't quote me on this but i think it's masternodes.online if i'm not mistaken right. uh, there's a long list of course there are ones which are for example a thousand dollars for example but those are for the more obscure projects which don't really have anything going for them it's like a it's like a lottery ticket when you're when you're dealing with those sort of projects and a lot of times for example you could make a big investment and if the project is not adopted then you never really make it a return on investment, even if you do have like a master node. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully that's food for thought, Andy. Um, so the next thing on our list, and I put this on there, is DAO stuff. These set yeah. well, because um, last week I think it was um, a bunch of crypto hooligans enthusiasts yeah the u.s constitution <laughs> yeah um, could you explain what happened and then we talk about what a, what a dao is if that's yeah right. so a dao is basically like a decentralized autonomous organization so it could be a group of people it could be uh, two people it could be a, a lot larger and essentially what they do is um, they run an organization in a decentralized manner so everyone gets a vote in what decisions are made so this group in particular they uh, they realized that uh, one of the i think 10 or 11 copies of the u.s constitution was about to get auctioned at, mm -hmm. um, in one of the largest auction houses and what they decided to do was basically pull their funds together so they could actually buy this um, or, um this actual constitution because i think um if i'm not mistaken sotheby's have said that they will start accepting ethereum um as yeah, a currency it was, the, it was on the list i think of uh, yeah currency exactly it, i think that might have been the first time if not then they're going to start doing it from now onwards um so yeah they they i think they raised over 40 million dollars 43 million dollars in a matter of weeks which is um you know no small feat uh but what happened in the end was due to the transparency that you have with blockchain they, you can tell exactly how much money they raised. So what happened was on the day, um, a billionaire knew that they had 43 million. So I think he uh, bid 43.5 million or maybe just half a million above that because they, he knew that they can't bid any higher than what they have. Yeah, and that's, the billionaire that's the, won it in the yeah, end. Not such a great... Uh... Yeah, transparency on the blockchain not working great. Exactly, that. exactly. But there are there are there are like projects out there that allow you to like, for example, pull your funds together and then hide the amounts from other users. Only when you, for example, you have a certain code, you can give it to, for example, the auction house. They can, you know, verify how much funds you oh, have right. and that the, the the funds will be hidden from other people. Yeah. In fact, one of the pro uh, the projects uh, this week's project 
actually allow something like nice that. Nice segue so, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it was it, coincidental, but very convenient at the same time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's important because that would have that would have solved this problem. They would have been able to make uh, the bids and prove that they had the money without needing to show that they had forty-three yeah. into invest. But could could we just so a DAO is basically a is it a group a sort of a a group of people they could be from anywhere in the world but they essentially have um voting rights in, in terms of what they want the dao to do and what does it stand uh, for sorry just before you decentralized autonomous um autonomous organization yeah okay and for example there are uh, seeing how successful if you want to call it that uh, the us constitution um dao was there are people who are saying now okay we should pull our funds together, buy an island, for example, or buy schools, or uh, there's loads of different things you can do, which is which is very interesting. Buy, a, school like, and then buy a university or buy a, a theatre or, I don't know, a stadium and just name it after the DAO. That's the thing. That's it's Buy the power Elon of... Musk. If we all, if we all <laughs> pitch our money and we might be able to afford Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. Um, Something like that. Um, can you can you have DAOs for things that aren't financial? So so this was obviously a, a money raising thing. So could you have could you use a DAO just to a group of people make decisions about something to vote on something, or does it always have to have a financial? Yeah, impact? well, it doesn't have to have um, money involved per se. But I feel like a lot of the times, because you are the the way you buy into these DAOs is by you know putting some money on the line. Then you right. get a proportional amount of voting rights in terms yeah. of how much money you put in. So a lot of times money is involved. But I do I do see, for example, non-profits popping up um, using the, that same sort of concept as well. And DAOs have their own crypto native token, crypto tokens generally? Um, it, it depends. There, there are projects which are accepting any sort of cryptocurrency. It could be Ethereum, it could be Bitcoin. They could uh, a treasury could be run by like a DAO, for example, and a treasury right. could contain a bunch of you know a basket of coins. Yeah, I got one more question. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. it seems like a lot of a lot of projects, crypto projects, seems seems to have an aspect of a DAO, a decentralized yeah. uh, voting system. But the but there's it almost seems like there's a spectrum where like so some crypto projects a company mm -hmm. might be in control of it and people can be part of the DAO and kind mm -hmm. of you know their votes are listened to but ultimately the company decides whereas there's other crypto projects where it almost seems like the DAO and the the vote the decentralized voting has almost complete control of what can happen yeah. to the project is that yeah that's that's definitely true I feel like that's why. Um, different DAOs have different rules and different governing uh, systems. I think it ultimately comes down to the projects that you choose you want to be involved in. If you see that, um, for example, the idea is that the project will be run in a decentralized way, but there will always be entities which have perhaps more control over the project because they are the ones who developed it. Mm -hmm. But as time goes on, a lot of projects have said, okay, we're going to be centralized while we're in the growing stage. But once we get to a point where, okay, we're, we're happy with what the project looks like, then we're going to start decentralizing by allowing more voting, more people to, you know, uh, join the governance system. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but I think a project called Tornado Cash, the developers, mm -hmm. like, um, there was some kind of ritual or something where they completely sort of uh, revoked their control over mm -hmm. over it so it's just running on its i don't know if that means that they can no longer change anything about it but 
I mean, I think if if they 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 might not be able to change that specific um, project if they do 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 that, but then uh, they could also fork it, copy and paste the code, and then just make any changes that they would like. Or if any members from the community, if if the project is open source, they can just copy and paste the code and edit it. At, yeah, um, I did see like. a, lot of, a lot of people have been uh, copying that uh, platform for all the different side chains and stuff. I don't know whether you need permission to do that, but yeah, people are doing it. Yeah, it depends on the project. Some some have hidden their code. Some are open sourced to allow other developers to, um, you know, um, make make improvements or adjustments how they wish. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, that's DAOs covered until mm -hmm. something else crazy happens next week, and then we got to talk about that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about OHM, which is Olympus, oh, DAO, yeah. and Time, which is another crypto for wonderland time which mm -hmm. is something i came across where there seems to be huge these platforms seems to offer huge percentage yields and there's some kind of uh treasury it just it seems crazy like the yields like the yields are very high in crypto anyway you know sort of yeah um double digits for a lot of the coins if not more if you get more advanced with stuff but this is like you know i think 80 like 60 80, and I mean, I think the Olympus yields have come down now, but the Wonderland ones are still extremely high. And there's, and there's, like you were talking about, there's forks of these. Yeah. Um, so, so um, time, if I'm not mistaken, is actually a fork of Ohm, but right. Ohm is on Ethereum, and uh, time is just a fork of Ohm, but on Avalanche. Okay. Um, so, these are projects that I've actually been looking into myself. Right. Um, I have this thing where I or like, it, I I tend to dismiss projects if if they're making outlandish claims. Then I, I have this thing where I immediately dismiss them. Yeah. Uh, but of course, then I actually start researching. For example, Ohm, and I've been researching more into time. I'm not up to the point where I think okay, I'm 100% confident to to say it's not. For example, a Ponzi, which a lot of people say it is, because the way the yields are generated is so. For example, you buy discounted time tokens but you have to vest your um investment for five days for example so say for example time is eight thousand dollars they sell it to you for seven thousand six hundred dollars but you have to keep it in your wallet for five days you, you can't sell it yet um, and from that the essentially what the project does is they take some of their profits they add it into the treasury and then they use the excess profits to pay the yield that they're you know offering users mm -hmm. and the way it works is like um if, if i'm not mistaken with time over 90 percent of users have staked their coins on the project because that's yeah, how I you think i, I generate the yield as well yeah because they said mm -hmm. they were using like game theory or something to yeah like, it, it, stay in the project yeah exactly so the, the whole idea is you buy and then you stake you hold on to the coins for the long term because uh because due to the way like the interest is compounded, you're essentially earning exponential interest in the long term. So at first, it might not be significant amounts. Again, we're talking about one or 2% a day, which is still crazy, yeah, crazy to think yeah. about. But in the long term, your your money, this is like 88,000% um, APY. So that's like something like 800 times your money or even more. Yeah. Um, I don't know how sustainable that is. Um, but there are these projects coming out, um, you know, every day. Uh, it's worth looking into. 
Um, there's more information coming out every day. So there's a lot of different theories going around whether as to whether it is legit. Well, I would say for time, for example, it's backed by one of the, the a prominent member in the crypto community. His name is Daniel. Um, he's launched a lot of successful projects. Um, and that's why there's a lot of confidence in time, which is what make, which is what a lot of people are saying is a reason as to why it's not a scam. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Trust, is he called Danielle? Danielle, Danielle yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess one of the risks with that is the value of those, of time would plummet below the yield you're generating on it, even though the yield is extremely high. That would be the main risk. Yeah, right? exactly. So even, for example, if, if it's $8,000 today, it could drop by 90% back down to like $1,000 or, mm. or so. And um, any investment that you've made has dropped 90%. So even if you do earn the 8,000 or I think you said 88,000% gains on it, um, then that might not even take it up to what it was before. But because the percentage yield can change over over time as well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of variables. That's why um, it's like a developing sort of concept. Yeah, that no one new, knows exactly yeah. what it does, but there is you know potential in it. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe we'll be talking about that again uh, in the yeah. next in the next few weeks and months. Um, okay, so quite a hard question next from Marco. Um, he asks, how do you judge if a coin is over or undervalued um, slash what its future price could be? I guess because, mm-hmm. you know, like I talked about Mina crypto earlier, like I think the project looks really strong and stuff, but I don't really know how to to gauge whether its current price is cheap or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like when it comes to valuing projects, there's two sides. There's one side who say, oh, every crypto project is is perpetually undervalued because they see the space getting much, much bigger than it is today. And of course, as, as time has shown us, there, there are elements of truth to that. You know, the crypto markets just get bigger and bigger. Um, despite the bear markets that we see in the long term, they are getting bigger and bigger. And then there's people on the other side who say, okay, a lot of these projects, even in the top 100, are overvalued as they are right now. There's not that many users actually using these protocols. Um, since everything is inflated, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of these coins are ranking where they are. So it's, it's very difficult to, to answer that question, to be honest with you. Um, I think ultimately it comes down to using these projects yourself, seeing which ones offer the best user experience, the cheapest fees, the fastest transactions, uh, what ecosystems are attracting the highest quality projects. And you, maybe you can gauge it for yourself like, like that, but I don't think there are any sort of like um, specific measurements that you can use to determine whether they are undervalued or overvalued. Yeah, so it's less mathematical. It's more you're sort of saying this this project has the potential to... I don't know, take on this part of the economy or do this or, or bring in this exactly, economy. yeah. And you don't really necessarily need to say it's gonna the price is gonna grow to this level. You're just saying, I think this project can grow, and, yes, and the token will grow alongside it. Exactly, exactly. So, for example, one way you can determine is through if there's an existing project out there that's ranked, for example, in the top ten, and this new project that you found has a stronger team, for example, 
has better tokenomics, has um, faster transactions, cheaper fees, for example, and it's ranked much, much lower, you have to ask yourself, okay, first of all, why? And then you have to ask yourself, okay, do I see potential in this project one day getting today? If these are where the competitors are, why is this project down here? Is it time for it to invest? Is it because other people have not yet found this project, you know? And if you do your research and you gain some conviction, then you can, you know, make good profits like that if the project does end up going at much higher. Yeah, I guess Solana is a good example of that. Like, it, the only thing that I thought was holding it back was it didn't have the the same diverse ecosystem as Ethereum, mm -hmm. but that that quick that is quickly changing, I guess. Isn't exactly, it? and the coding language that um, Solana uses was different to Ethereum. So a lot of projects can easily, um, if they are EVM compatible, um, Ethereum virtual machine. Uh, what that means, you can essentially copy and paste the code from Ethereum onto these new projects, for example, Avalanche. Um, but whereas with Solana, because it uses a different coding language, you can't copy and paste. But that being said, a new company has come out and said, okay, we're going to bring EVM compatibility to uh, Solana as well, which would allow every project essentially on Ethereum to port over to Solana. So I think that was one of the uh, barriers to wider adoption for Solana. And now that's been removed, I think we're going to see a lot more growth for, for that project. Yeah, I think I keep seeing um, EVM was it Ethereum virtual machine mentioned mm -hmm. in different projects? Like again with Mina, it's being mentioned there as well. We did talk about it on the last podcast. Though. Yeah. But yeah. It seems like that's going to be a huge theme going forward because it just allows you to run um, Ethereum's projects on basically any other blockchain, doesn't it? Or yeah. Yeah. And these other blockchains tend to be cheaper and faster um, than Ethereum is at the moment. Mm. Yeah, maybe we can do, talk about layer two on Ethereum next week or something. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. So we did have one more question, and it's a fun one. And I think uh, who asked it? I think it might have been Andy again. But apologies, mm -hmm. no, I haven't got it written down. But he asked, um, "Are there any projects you nearly invested in but then didn't, and are kicking yourself for not investing in them?" Yeah, to be honest, it actually happens a lot. Um, for example, there are projects, like, uh, as we were just talking about, being overvalued and undervalued. For example, Axie Infinity I saw when it was around, I think, 5 or $6. And at the time, when I saw it, um, on the day, it was up like 30 40%. I was like, oh, I I've missed the train on this one. <laughs> um, but then it just kept going higher. I was like, okay, when it drops, I'm, I'm going to buy in. But then it never got to the the points where I actually placed my trades and I just missed that and it, I think now it's at around 130 140 I stopped looking because I was like okay <laughs> I've completely missed this one uh, and it does hurt but um, the more time you spend in this you know ecosystem you learn to just let go of your losses and let go of the ones that you've missed and just focus on finding the next one which uh, which can happen at any moment you know yeah. Like if you're anything like me, you miss all of them, so it's fine. It happens. It happens. You just have to look for that one project that gives you crazy gains. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that was a nice, fun question to finish on. Um, mm -hmm. thank you for your time this evening, Cash. Thank um, you. I'm sure you need to like chill out and pretend <laughs> you're not on a London tube train anymore. That's nah, right. I'm, I'm all good now. All good. Um, and thank you for everyone that's listening. Again, if you've got any questions you want us or topics you want us to talk about, you can leave it in the comments on YouTube 
or contact us. There'll probably be details below if you're listening on, on one of the podcast sites. Um, and we appreciate any likes if you enjoyed it and subscribe if you want more. And um, we'll Thank soon you. You've be... been a lovely host. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll soon be top influencers. And, uh, yeah, soon, we'll... soon. Yeah. Okay, all right, let me uh, turn this off.